A natural med isn't just a substance you take. It is a lifestyle that one lives to amplify their health. We don't always choose how long we will be on this planet, but we can take action on the quality of life that we wish to enjoy. The Natural Med Podcast interviews different professionals and experts who look at improving the quality of health so they can live a more fulfilling life. Whether that be physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, or spiritually, we discover the secrets to their own journey and the small steps individuals can take on a daily basis to improve the quality of their life. Come with me as we travel, research, and discover how we can make incremental changes on a daily basis to live a more fulfilled and balanced life. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Natural Med Podcast. I am Nathan, I am one of the hosts, and... I've always, we are here with Nicole Wright, our fearless leader, Hi who guys. is amazing, <laughs> and we have a special guest today talking about yes. pelvic floor Hi. health. It's Danielle, and we want you to go ahead and introduce yourself. Awesome. Thank yeah, you for being welcome, here, Danielle. I am so excited to be here. So I am Dr. Danielle Russell, and I am a pelvic floor physical therapist. I have been a physical therapist for about eight years, and I took a dive into pelvic floor about two years ago. Um, between my first and second pregnancy, I became very active and into CrossFit, and I wanted to be able to continue to do that during my pregnancy. And so, there, and I'm sure that you guys know there's a lot of information out there about exercise and pregnancy, and uh, some of it's good information, some of it's not so great information. So that's kind of where I took some courses, kind of related to that, and kind of guided me down the path to um, become a pelvic floor PT. And I've been doing that for about two years and I have not looked back since. I love it. It's so much fun. I love being able to empower women to be able to continue to exercise during pregnancy well. Um, Again, there's so much information out there and some of it's good. Yeah. Some of it's not so good. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, I own Strong Foundation Physical Therapy and that's I that's been my baby for about two years and um, I am mobile. I go to my clients in their home and that's a little bit about me. I'm sure that we'll dive a little bit more into it too. We definitely will. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So uh, you were mentioning about pregnancy and everything. Um, So with I've, you know, had two babies of my own and I know how that is, you know, uh, being pregnant and the whole process and the delivery process. Um, But is pelvic floor physical therapy something you do just after pregnancy or like while you're pregnant yep. or how's the process? So I, I love being able to see women during their pregnancy because their bodies are changing so much during pregnancy. Oh, yeah. And so if we can get them going on a good program while they're pregnant and start preparing their bodies for those changes that are happening as well as preparing them for birth and that postpartum period, like mm-hmm. giving them 
idealistic expectations of what's going to happen during birth and mm-hmm. what that postpartum period is going to feel like, um, then that really sets them up for a better postpartum period. Yeah. Um, so I see everybody through, I see anybody throughout pregnancy that I, I would love for every single woman to see me throughout pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and then especially in postpartum, I'm a firm believer that, um, birth should be treated as an injury Mm -hmm. and that's how we should be like thinking about it like it's not you're not disabled during pregnancy and you're it's not that you are unable to do things during pregnancy but we should be thinking about it as an injury Mm -hmm. and how do we rehab that back you wouldn't rehab or you wouldn't go back from like an ACL tear without seeing a trained professional to help you rehab that Mm -hmm. and you really shouldn't be doing that with pregnancy, labor, and delivery either. And yeah. so that's kind of like my my mindset on that. So I see, it, I see people as early as they want to in pregnancy and preferably kind of throughout that entire process. Yeah. So, so um, and for women who have, you know, not just like natural childbirth, mm-hmm. but also maybe get a cesarean section, do you uh, maybe help those women as well? Absolutely. So okay. I like to say that a C-section does not really spare your pelvic floor. Yeah. You still were pregnant for nine months. You still care, or nine-ish months, depending on why you had a cesarean. Um, so it, it doesn't really matter the mode of delivery. Your pelvic floor isn't necessarily spared during that, that situation. And I also like to say that I, even though I'm a pelvic floor f- uh, PT, I'm not just looking at the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Your abdominal muscles are a critical part of that picture as well, as well as the mechanics at your hips, your knees, your ankles, your back. Mm-hmm. And so you, a C-section is a major surgery. Yes. And, and I know, I know you know that, yeah. but <laughs> it's a major surgery and you're going through multiple layers of tissue. Mm-hmm. And so we should be thinking of that as even like more of a reason yeah. for a woman to seek help after a C-section because yeah, definitely. It's, it's a major surgery. Yeah. And those uh, abdominal muscles too are separated and sometimes Absolutely. it takes a while for those to come back yep. and, you know, and with the pelvic floor muscles and everything. Sure. I mean, I know myself, it took like, I think almost a year yep. for my abdominal muscles to completely come back. Yep. Um, and that's kind of what I tell people is like nine months to a year is a pretty on on point timeline Uh for like feeling like back to normal and whatever normal is but like that's like if you were an athlete prior to pregnancy Mm -hmm. like you can expect that it's going to take nine months to a year for you to really feel like you're back to the same capacity that you were at pre-pregnancy so oh yeah for sure that and six week timeline is bogus <laughs> yeah it, it really is because it, it does it sometimes does take a full another nine months or year to yeah. get your body back completely absolutely to how it is um do you ever I know you know like uh pre and postpartum do you mm-hmm. ever deal with women who had a baby maybe like 10 years ago oh, sure. or yeah or a while and how yeah. is the rehab process with that is it a little I bit mean, harder or it's it's just different. Yeah. So like you're approaching things from a little bit different perspective because you're not thinking of things from like necessarily an acute perspective. Mm-hmm. You're, you're dealing with issues that maybe happened 10, 12, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. depending on how far postpartum they are. And pelvic floor issues aren't necessarily exclusive to women who have had babies either. Mm-hmm. As we were talking about a little bit before the show, <laughs> men also have pelvic floors. And so just because you've never had a baby doesn't necessarily mean that your pelvic floor is functioning at its optimal capacity. Capacity and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. 
since you mentioned men, I have a question for you. <laughs> yeah. First, uh, let me say, when I looked at your flyer, I failed to see that you're a doctor, which is super awesome. Well, thank you. So, doctor, uh, <laughs> what got you into specializing in pelvic floor health? Yeah, so um, I mentioned a little bit in the intro that I um, I was an athlete, right. and I wanted to be able to continue that being in the CrossFit gym and being able to be in that space during my pre- pregnancy. And so I took courses that were kind of like selfish in nature. Like I want, <laughs> I wanted to be able to continue to do what I was doing at the highest capacity I could, sure. but also safely. And at that point, I was like, man, this is so cool. I love this. This is awesome. And this is the people that I want to serve. I want to be able to help women feel empowered to continue to be in that space, be able to continue to work out at a high capacity with still setting themselves up for a good postpartum period. Because I think that we've had like this pendulum shift of like, don't do anything during pregnancy or do yoga or walk or like, you know, the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. And then we've had this shift to like, you know, you just do everything that you want to. It's totally fine. (laughs) Like you can deal with the ramifications after. And I'm like, but like, wait, hold on. Like there's somewhere in the middle where you can continue to exercise at a really high capacity. And I, I continued to exercise all the way throughout my pregnancy. And I was at the CrossFit gym on my due date with my, my most recent baby. And so that's, that was kind of the direct, the the reason why I got into pelvic health is because I have two kids and I feel like it would there again, there's some great information out there about how to continue to exercise during pregnancy. Um, but then there's some really not good information and um, uh, just surrounding women's health in general, but then especially like what things look like during pregnancy, what things should look like during pregnancy yeah. and how to get back to things postpartum. And so that's, that's where I really wanted to like step into that space yeah. and be able to change the world one pelvic floor at a time. <laughs> so do you feel like uh, in your years of experience, doing Mm -hmm. this now that you have kind of formulated a happy medium oh yeah yeah and I think that between so I've taken a lot of great courses through the Institute of Clinical Excellence which is um, a continuing education um, group for physical therapists that are developed for fitness athletes and they have a um, a wonderful wonderful course that is for the pregnant uh, and postpartum athlete and again it's for from a physical therapy standpoint but essentially that that helped me to like be able to take skills and like find scales for them that are appropriate for different stages of pregnancy. And so like you may not be able to do an Olympic lift at the end of your pregnancy, but you probably could do something that looks very similar to it. And so the idea behind it is like scaling as much as necessary, but Mm -hmm. as little as possible. So you're still kind of keeping up with that same stimulus of the workout or whatever it is that the person does. So not everybody does CrossFit, obviously, but like being able to keep that same stimulus for the fitness athlete versus also being able to like make sure that they're doing it well mm-hmm. and being respectful of their pregnant or postpartum body. Right. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, so kind of how does somebody get started on um, 
you know, getting uh, physical therapy for their pelvic floor? Do they need a referral from their primary care doctor or how does that, how does one go about starting this? So in the state of Texas, um, we can initiate physical therapy for 10 days. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we need a referral from a physician for traditional physical therapy services. Now, I will also sometimes transition people to more of a like wellness program if they're not having issues with like pelvic pain or incontinence or things like that and it's really just kind of about like building up their their core or their pelvic floor the strength kind of components or like the skill components then we can transition into more of like a wellness program and then they don't have to have a referral from a physician but unfortunately for physical for traditional physical therapy services in the state of texas even though i'm a doctor uh, (laughs) that i still have to have a referral from a pcp or obgyn um midwife Mm -hmm. uh chiropractor which is silly to me that like we have the same anyway that's a whole different soapbox <laughs> issue but we'll just like we'll leave that one alone yeah. <laughs> I love chiropractors but I think that it's funny that they can refer to physical therapy even though we're yeah the same qualifications <laughs> anyway I'll I'll leave that one alone <laughs> that's for another time it is interesting though but it's good to know how people can get started yes. if they're looking into something yes. like this so absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. so now we want to get into the good stuff oh yes let's go um, <laughs> you were talking you were mentioning um, mm. earlier about you know different advice and different um mm-hmm. different things so you know there's good stuff out there sure there's you didn't say there's bad stuff out mm. there but i knew what you were saying <laughs> <laughs> um, but the question is what are some common misconceptions mm. about before health um the kegels cure everything <laughs> they don't? that is the literal worst advice that anybody can give anybody is right. to just do kegels for your whatever xyz problem yeah. um because one, unless you've actually assessed somebody's pelvic floor, you have no idea whether Kegels are appropriate for them. Um, secondarily, you have no idea if this person is doing them correctly. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you are, if you don't need them and you're ending up with too much tension in your pelvic floor, you can actually make those symptoms worse. Mm -hmm. or if you're not doing them correctly, you certainly aren't doing yourself any favors. And so I'm, I almost never give somebody Kegels to do. And it is certainly not like, Hey, we're just going to do Kegels and that's it. Like which is, I'm very much about looking at the person and their pelvic floor and like, what's going on? Is it a coordination issue? Is it a true strength issue? Um, is it because you have too much tension on board? Like why, what is the reason that you're having these pelvic floor symptoms? And it's not always in the pelvis that is causing those issues either. Right. It can be also that you have some malalignments in your feet, mm-hmm. um, in your knees, your hips, your back. Um, and so I, I think that that is probably the number one thing, one, number one misconception is yeah. that Kegels cure everything. And I, I know you probably have had this experience. Like you go into your OBGYN or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like, are you doing your Kegels? And I'm like, can you, can, can we just stop asking women if they're doing Kegels? Because they should not be <laughs> yeah so what do you so, recommend instead of kegels um so i know it depends on the person yeah, of course absolutely. everybody's different but. but you so you need your pelvic floor to be able to contract mm-hmm. on demand and also relax mm-hmm. and so your your pelvic floor has a range of motion just like any other muscle 
in the body. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when people are doing Kegels a lot, what will happen is they're basically walking around like they're walking around with a bicep curl all day long. (laughs) And so they're they're constantly (laughs) contracting. Well, what happens whenever they need to use that effectively? They have to relax it, right? Mm -hmm. But if they don't know how to relax it, if they're constantly just like flexing, 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 Mm -hmm. then they aren't able to use that functionally. And so then they have a breakdown in their ability to use their pelvic floor to hold things in that yeah. we want to hold in, right. like, you know, pee, poop, yes. gas. Um, <laughs> and then, so they have that pressure gradient that they're unable to tolerate any more pressure. And so they leak mm-hmm. or they have issues with like constipation or pain with intercourse because they're walking around again with that bicep curl that they can't relax yeah. And so they can't use their pelvic floor functionally. And so my recommendation is always to, if you are going to do a pelvic floor contraction, make sure that you are also doing that reciprocal relaxation. Mm-hmm. That way you are always getting that full range of motion mm-hmm. of your pelvic floor. Um, and that that would be one really big one. Um, also 360 breathing, which is basically being able to fully breathe into your abdominal wall, your rib mm-hmm. cage expands and your diaphragm and your pelvic floor kind of move in tandem with one another. Right. When you as, breathe, as, inhale and exhale. Exactly. Yeah. As long as you're getting that good big breath, but a lot of us are chest breathers. And so we don't really get that full belly expansion. Mm -hmm. And therefore we're also not getting that reciprocal relaxation of the pelvic floor as well. That's interesting. That's a a big misconception because it's Kegels are pushed so much, you know, know. whenever you're pregnant Mm -hmm. and when you see your gynecologist, they're like, make sure you're doing your Kegels. Are you doing your Kegels? (laughs) I'm like, no, you should not be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So like I I'll do like workshops. And and that's one of the things that I'll say, like, as I'm kind of going on, I'm like, and by the way, if you're doing Kegels, please stop like now. Yeah. (laughs) And you can like see everybody's just like relax. And I'm like, okay, like seriously, guys, stop. (laughs) But yeah. So we also touched on this at the beginning too, um, when Nicole was talking about it, about men needing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, help with their pelvic floor as well. What are some areas or, or um, I guess, symptoms that would be benefited mm-hmm. by pelvic floor health? Um, for, for, for And like, say, like, you know, your prostate, yep. you know, abdomen surgery, mm-hmm. ED, things like that, sports yeah. injuries. Oh, for sure. Can you elaborate on some of those things and kind of... Yeah. So I'm actually not a PT that specializes in men's health, okay. but um, I know some really good ones out there if you guys need any referrals. Uh-huh. But um, painful intercourse, um, pain with an erection, or um, also leaking. Typically, they... Are men are more likely to leak gas mm-hmm. versus um, urine. They have a little bit more of a length of their. They have the penis there to be able to right. to to stop a little bit of that more readily right. than than women do. Um, and so there. But after like a prostate surgery or something like that, they're they are more likely to leak urine. Um, and so um, constipation is another one 
both for men and women, right. um, would be another like, hey, we probably should get this checked out. Um, p- pain with sitting for long periods of time. Um, back pain can also be a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction because again, like you can't really separate the, the back from the pelvis. It's, right. it's literally right here. And <laughs> so you have all of these, the, there's also muscular connections between the back and the pelvic floor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a female pelvis, but also men look similar to this. <laughs> Little differences, but <laughs> some subtle differences. Some subtle differences. <laughs> but yeah, so um, again, I'm not, that's not really my specialty, but definitely things that um, there are definitely men who also deal with pelvic floor dysfunction okay. as well. So, but ED is another one yeah. as well. So you were talking about like, you know, different physical therapy Mm -hmm. exercises and things you can do instead of Kegels. Mm -hmm. um, Is there any other like therapies that are out there that maybe you offer? Mm -hmm. I've heard about like different laser therapies. Uh, Can you go in a little bit more detail about that? So I, um, I also offer cupping. Oh, okay. And dry needling. Um, both oh, nice. not just for pelvic floor. Um, I'm also, I'm also an ortho PT as well. Okay. And so I see basically everything. Um, but so, um, cupping is basically you are separating those tissues away from one another and yeah. drawing blood to that area. Um, I like to use that a lot for post C-section over the scar. Um, oh, okay. once it's he- well healed mm-hmm. to kind of separate those tissues away from an- each other and mm-hmm. not have so much of that adhesion, the scar the, tissue the scar and tissue. everything. Yep, okay. Yep. And wow. so I, I love using uh, cupping and then dry needling is another one of the things that I really like using. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially I'm using acupuncture style needles to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into the muscles that you're having trouble with. Um, I do do that with the pelvic floor, uh-huh. um, not directly into the, the sensitive the areas, yeah. okay. but right. um, <laughs> I am able to go like around um, through and mostly they're able to stay clothed while, uh-huh. I, while I'm doing that. So especially like around the tailbone, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people will have like tailbone pain and I can get into some of those muscles that are right around the tailbone um, to help to relax those tissues. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's yeah. like really cool to know. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I didn't even know that was like an option. I mean, I've heard of dry needling mm-hmm. and everything and cupping, but I didn't realize that you can specialize it to yes, yes. certain areas. That's awesome. Yep. That's yep. cool. Do you do any of the type of laser therapies I, or anything? I don't. Um, uh, I'm fully mobile. Everything that I have can fit in my car and go with me. That's awesome. And so um, the more equipment that I have, the more challenging it is to yes. take everything with me. <laughs> um, but I, so from like a tool perspective, I basically have like my treatment table. I have a little caddy that has like all of my needling stuff in it and like samples of different lubricants and things because mm-hmm. that's important as well. Oh, yes. Just in case you're yes. wondering. <laughs> it is uh, important. Yes. Lube is important. <laughs> yes, lube is so important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what Nathan's, just happened to this Nathan's over there, like, uh. <laughs> why am I here? <laughs> like my little bag of cups and, the, and, the, and that sort of thing. So, um, everything that I use, basically, I can throw in my car. Uh, if I am working with a CrossFit athlete, I can throw my barbell in the back of my car. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an adjustable kettlebell that I can do the same thing with. Um, and so, I try to keep, I try to keep everything is mobile as possible and not have a lot of like 
tools, if yeah, that makes sense. too much stuff yeah, exactly. and everything. Exactly. So do you deal with a lot of athletes and a lot of sports injuries? I do. I do. So I, um, I am a member of a CrossFit gym mm-hmm. and I also, so that's kind of like my other niche is, is working with CrossFit athletes. Yeah. And so, um, and athletes of all kind, but that's, I really love working with barbell athletes specifically. Yeah. So awesome. That's yeah. cool. So, um, tell us about like, um, you know, there, I know like everybody's different and everything, but what's like, um, an average, like, uh, I guess rehab treatment span for somebody like maybe a couple weeks, couple months, like what yeah. are most people going through with their rehab yeah, so, time frame? And again, everybody's like said, different. Everyone's different. <laughs> yes. Um, generally I don't see my clients for more than about between like four and eight visits. Okay. Um, usually they're doing pretty well yeah. at that point. Um, sometimes we'll transition t- more to a wellness program, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of depending on how they're doing. Um, but for the most part, my clients, I mean, I've had, I've seen people for as few as like one or two sessions and they're like, oh my gosh, everything feels so much better. Yeah. Um, and then there are some people that I have to see for longer. Um, and it just kind of depends on what we're dealing with and things like that but kind of that four to six eight uh, sessions the... is pretty a uh, pretty common okay awesome yeah. that's good so danielle what is something that uh both men and women can do on a daily basis to improve pelvic floor health yeah so um, not kegels though not kegels <laughs> yep not kegels. so that 360 breathing is super important because really getting that full excursion of the pelvic floor is really great to help to start to let some of those tissues expand mm-hmm. and again we we spend very little time relaxing as a whole as humans especially in in this society (laughs) we spend very little time relaxing and are we're always kind of like on a sympathetic overdrive and so if we can do something to like get ourselves more grounded um that that is super helpful for not just our pelvic floor but for us as a whole and so that 360 breathing is is great I love that a lot um I also recommend a lot of like guided relaxation because again we I think that a lot of our issues stem from the fact that we live in that sympathetic overdrive and we're mm-hmm. not pursuing healthy lifestyle behaviors. Right. And because we're not pursuing healthy lifestyle behaviors, then our bodies are just not set up for being able to deal, handle stress, mm-hmm. not able to handle whenever we get sick. Um, so when we aren't pursuing those healthy lifestyle behaviors, um, exercise, nutrition, being able to manage stress well, like when we're not doing those things, then all, sleeping well, that's another, yeah. another oh, yeah. big one. Um, when we're not doing those things, it is, we are much more likely to fall into that like chronic pain cycle of like, I'm in pain and because I'm in pain, I'm stressed out. And because I'm stressed out from work, it's, it's increasing my pain. And so we kind of get into that like chronic issue. And so if we address those lifestyle behaviors, then we would have a lot fewer instances of these chronic type behaviors that are in um, diseases and conditions that kind of hang out and 
create more problems. Yeah. That was a great so. answer. That was exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, we definitely talk about that a lot on this podcast about yes. having like a total balance of yes. the different aspects of your health and everything because it, it's all interconnected. Yes. And I feel like a lot of times people get so focused on, you know, I need to like just exercise if yes. I can exercise every yeah. day, but then, you know, their diet's not that great, yep. you know, or they're doing all these things. They're, you know, trying to diet and exercise but mentally their mental health yep. isn't good then it's all connected like yep. it's all connected and that's awesome that you focus on you know the whole person yep. you know pelvic health is important yes. but it's <laughs> of not course. the only thing but yeah it's yeah. not the only thing and there's other things involved in yep. everything one of the one of the instructors from the courses that I like to take uh, says to take your meds and the <laughs> m stands for meditation uh-huh. e is exercise d is um, diet and S is sleep. Oh, and so I love if, that. You, if you aren't doing those things, awesome. then you're going to have to more than likely take some medicine. <laughs> and, then, and so like we, if we're not addressing those lifestyle behaviors, mm-hmm. then we as healthcare practitioners are doing our clients a disservice mm-hmm. by not addressing those things. And so I'm asking those questions all the time about like, how are you doing from a mental health perspective? Mm-hmm. How are you doing from an exercise? What does your nutrition look like? Are you sleeping? Mm-hmm. If you have a newborn, the answer to that question is probably no. Yeah. <laughs> and so some of the other things that we're doing are going to have to change a little bit mm-hmm. because if we're not recovering well, then we probably should not be going and pushing it in the gym mm-hmm. because our body is not well equipped to do that. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah. that was little side note that's awesome I love that acronym meds like I'm gonna that's you know the natural med podcast so I wonder if it's trademarked (laughs) I'm gonna be thinking about that (laughs) I will give him credit yeah Dunaway who is it Justin Dunaway yes thank you Justin Dunaway that's an awesome acronym I love it yes he is awesome I will give him credit yes (laughs) so how do we find out more about your services and everything and and you (laughs) so I am on Facebook and Instagram my um, my handle is at Strong Foundation PTTX, mm-hmm. um, and then my web address is that same Strong Foundation PTTX um, dot com, um, and then I'd be happy to put my. Um, any of my contact information up for anybody who would like to learn more. Um, I offer a free uh, discovery call for all of my like incoming clients. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to know that they're a good fit for me and that I'm a good fit for them before we get started because um, I think that that's so important. I'm not necessarily everybody's cup of tea and that is okay. Yeah. So (laughs) I want, I want to make sure that I'm a good fit for them before they spend the money and the time to to work with me. Um, And so I'm, pretty adamant about having that discovery call before yeah, before we get started so make sure it's going to be a good exactly. relationship and everything yes. so yes. I like it absolutely well thank you so much for yes. coming on the podcast we this was thank great you. lots of great information yes. and things we didn't know about pelvic floor health so I love it I love sharing <laughs> <laughs> thank you Dr. Thank you. Danielle for being a part of this yep. thank you viewers and listeners for tuning in we'll see you next time <laughs> bye, bye.